morning everyone and welcome to our service today. You may notice things are a little different. I'm not on the sanctuary stage. I'm in the Dirksen residence. I'm in my own house. Um, but that doesn't mean the service changes uh, really at all. We still are going to be spending time in prayer and worshiping God and, and looking at what His Word has for us today. Um, so I welcome you to this unique service. And uh, I hope that since this is online and since this is a, a video thing, you're able to get the best experience you can with this. Uh, so if that means pausing, if that means stopping to go get your Bible, whatever that means, um, I, I pray that this is a really unique and joyful uh, service that is very life-giving for you no matter where you're at, no matter what circumstance you're facing right now. Uh, we have just a couple announcements and then we'll do a prayer and, and then go to worship. Uh, just two announcements. Uh, real quick, one is that, again, giving, you can find all the ways to give on our website, erinalliancechurch.ca. Uh, you can also see all the different ways to giving in our e-newsletter. Uh, if you do not receive the e-newsletter, please let us know, because it's really, really cool. Uh, in my opinion, it's, it's the new bulletin. It's really, really neat, because I can have it with me wherever I'm at, just right on my phone. Uh, and it's, it's all electronic, and it's, it's really well done. So... Uh, take a look at the e-newsletter, and if you don't get it, let us know so we can add you to the email list. Uh, the, the second announcement is that there's a new program that the deacons have, have started up, and uh, Ruth Reimer's done a lot of help with this, Sue's done a lot, uh, Tanner's done a lot, so it's called Arendelle Connects, and this is a really unique way in which we can be the church. Uh, it's a unique way in which we can serve those who are at risk, who are self-isolating in their homes right now during this time uh, with the virus going crazy and uh, so it's a really cool way which we can which we can serve and we're looking for 50 volunteers Now that sounds like a lot and it is a lot But when you think we have a church of 250 to, to 300 people uh, That's that's not that much. That's not that many um, Especially when it's just being available to help. It's not meaning that every day you're gonna have to go and, and buy groceries um, but it is meaning that you're willing to be someone that we can call to say, hey, we have a need, uh, you live close by, could you go get their medication? Could you go get their, their groceries? They're shut in, they can't go and get it themselves. They need someone. They don't have family around. Uh, we are their family as the church. So can we do that? And so as a church, let's do this. Let's get 50, let's get, a, let's get 100 volunteers to, to be willing to go and to serve. And so it's not saying every day you're going to be doing it. And you may not do anything throughout this, uh, throughout this whole time, uh, but even if you're willing and, then, and there's a need, we have people who can, can help bear that, that, the burden of, of helping and serving. Uh, so it's not just fall to, to one person. So please join us in that. That's a really awesome uh, new uh, ministry that we're starting up. And, uh, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, that's all the announcements we have. Let's just pray, uh, spend a, a moment just coming before the throne of, of God. And uh, again, since this is, is taped, um, maybe you have kids and they're running around, feel free to pause this. And then when you, when you settle down, um, bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me. And let's still do this. Let's still pray together. Let's still worship Jesus together from our own homes, but together as the church. Um, so let's, let's pray right now. Lord God, we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for our sin. Thank you, Lord, 
that we are forgiven of all we've done through faith in you and through confessing our sins to you. Thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins, that you do not hold it against us. Lord God, thank you for being our rock and our refuge during this time of stress and anxiety. Lord, I ask that you take away our fears. Lord, I ask that you remind us of how powerful you are. And Lord, we take our burdens and we lay them at your feet. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need your help. Lord, all of us are burdened down with different things. And so we right now, together, we lay them at your feet. We lay them at the foot of the cross. Lord, thank you for taking our burdens. Thank you for being our strength when we are weak. Thank you for supporting us. And Lord, I ask that you give us a renewed peace, a renewed spirit of peace and joy. And Lord, that we will be the church that is fearless during this time. That we will be the church that continues to preach about Jesus, that's not afraid of what people will think or what people will say, but that we are determined to make Jesus known in the city of Saskatoon. Lord God, I ask right now that you be with Baron Vanessa and, and Ryan as they serve across the, the seas, Lord God, in the different areas they're serving, the different countries. I ask that you bless them, give them wisdom and strength to serve during this time. And Lord, help us all as the church to come together in unique ways to serve uh, the communities we're all in. And Lord, I pray right now that, the, that you will continue to use our church, even though we're all meeting distantly, uh, Continue to use us, Lord God, to further the spread of your gospel. Lord God, thank you so much for this day we have. And thank you so much for the week that you've prepared for us already. A week that we're going to enjoy, Lord God, because we know if you're at the center, it will be good. So Lord God, we place you at the center of our hearts. We worship you. We thank you. And in all things, we say, Lord Jesus, come. Come, renew us. Renew our spirits, and Lord, come again quickly. We want to see you. We eager to see you. Help us, Lord, to live with eternity in mind. In Jesus' name, amen. James 2, 14-26 What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. 
You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead.
as I mentioned earlier, this is a different service. It's unique. I'm not on the pulpit, I'm in my office where I'll be sharing what God has placed on my heart with you. And this is an exciting, different place. It's just that we're in a unique time uh, that is filled with opportunity to share who Jesus is with others. And so today I'm going to share what God has placed on my heart with you. And so let's pray as we start this, this uh, message today. Lord God, thank you so much. Lord, that you are in control, that even though this world is tossing and turning and there's fear and anxiety everywhere, that, you, Lord, you are our rock and our refuge and our place of peace. Lord, I ask that you will give me the words to share and that everything I say today will be of you. That I'll not say a single word that does not come from you, that you'll protect me. And, Lord, that the words I share will impact all of us in a unique way that will help us, Lord, live out more and more what it means to be disciples of Jesus, what it means to be your children. Lord, bless this service, bless this time we have together, and I ask that you will give us a new glimpse of what it means to have faith in you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're going to be looking at uh, the book of James. So you can turn there. Right now, and this is a great time to pause. If you don't have your Bibles, pause. Go get your physical Bible. Uh, because it's really good when we're all reading the Word together. When we're all looking at Scripture uh, in our hands. And not just on the, in, in the phone. Although you can use phones, obviously, as I'm doing right now to record this. Phones are, are amazing. But I really encourage you to just spend this time reading the Word together. In your homes, with your children, with your loved ones, with your family, with your friends. Uh, so we're in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. I'm going to read it, and I want you to follow along. I'm just going to read it as it is. Uh, I'm reading the NIV version, but whatever version you have is great. Just follow along, and then we'll uh, dig into this passage a little. What good is it, my brothers, if man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If no one of you, if one of you, sorry, says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, if faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good! Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and, it, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called good God's friend. You see that, that a per, you see that a person is justified by what he does, and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. 
As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now I'm not going to go through uh, line by line this passage, but this is the overall message that I have today. Is what is faith? What is true faith? Uh, I shared this message at the quiz meet back in March. So some of you, this might be a, a little bit of repetition for you. Uh, it's a, it's, I've changed it up a little bit, but a lot is the same. Um, but... The message, even if you've heard this before, is so good to hear over and over and over again. What is true faith? And that's not saying you need to hear it over again because you're doing something necessarily way wonky. But it helps us correct where are we pushing, where are we looking at when we see our faith? What areas? There's kind of a few extremes where we can be in. And we want to be not in an extreme, we want to be in the center. So... We're going to be talking about faith and what faith is, and this passage is a great passage about what true faith looks like. Uh, I want to share a story before I I dig into what I believe faith to be, and this story is of of two men, uh, two men named Rhett and Link. And and back in February, uh, Rhett and Link posted two very interesting videos on their uh, podcast called Ear Biscuits. I printed off a little picture of them. Hopefully you can see a little bit. It's called Ear Biscuits. And what they, they do is they, they share on, on funny stories or whatever things come to mind that, that they're dealing with going through. And it's really unique uh, and, and generally a very uh, family-friendly f- uh, podcast that they do, especially their, their later, or, or later ones, yeah. Um, but the, the most recent one they've done, or, or back in February, since not it's recent anymore, it was in February they posted two videos that were called uh, Rhett and Link Spiritual Deconstructions. And these videos were powerful. Uh, if you've not watched these videos, especially uh, Rhett's, Rhett's Spiritual Deconstruction, I, I would say, I'd ask you, implore you, Go on YouTube and watch it. It's for, I don't know, an hour 40. It's a little long, but uh, Rhett's in particular is really well lined out as far as how he turned away from Jesus. That is their, it's their anti-testimony. Uh, how they lost their faith. And not, not even lost their faith. How they turned away from their faith. Turned away from God. It's really, really interesting to hear two people's stories. Now, you don't know much about them, uh, most likely, but I'll just give you a very short summary of what, uh, the, what, who they are and why I found it so interesting. Uh, Rhett and Link grew up in a Christian home. Uh, they became believers at a young age. And as they got older, they even worked in, in a Christian ministry with Campus Crusade for Christ. And they served and did different things, all for the glory of God. They had a, a as they said, a vibrant relationship with, with Jesus. It was a relationship. It was not just uh, action. Now, I, I don't want to get into too much as to uh, where they've gone wrong and what I think of, of their deconstructions theologically or anything like that. I'm going to take them at their word and believe that they truly believe they were Christians. Uh, But what's really unique is as they started turning away, there 
was a lot of things that they said that I think would ring true with a lot of Christians today, where they're saying, you know, I believe this, but at, at the essence of me, actually, I don't think I believe it. I just think I'm, I'm saying that I believe it for the sake of believing it, because I know I should be a Christian. It's, it was a really, it's a really great video to watch, and it has a lot of, of interesting questions that come out of it. And it's really important that you watch it and then you discuss. What do you think about it? What is it saying? What was Rhett saying when he, he talks about throwing off his faith? And it's really, really unique when you look at, at their testimony, their anti-testimony, that they stopped believing in God and started believing more and more in what the world says. They stopped believing in the Bible and believed more and more what the world says. And I, I can't help but think that Rhett and Link did have a relationship with God, but to me it seemed very legalistic. In fact, that's where I, I think they may have been to the extent of, of walking because they know they should, not because they believed in their heart. And that's going to be what we talk about as we go into this, this message, is that it's, faith is not just about your actions, it's also about your heart. So what, what is faith? Let's talk about faith real quick. The definition of faith is just complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So it's complete confidence or trust in something or someone. Maybe Hebrews 11.1 uh, is what sticks out to you. Uh, faith is being sure of what we hope for and being, being, sure, being confident of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. Uh, so maybe that's what you thought of right away as you think of faith. It's this aspect of, of believing in something that you actually cannot fully prove will happen or is true. It's faith. Um, maybe you think of John, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I don't know what comes to mind when you first think of what is faith, but I think one of the best passages when looking at what faith is, is found in Romans 10. So please turn with me to Romans 10. Romans 10 has an amazing verse, uh, two verses, that just, I think, lay out what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have faith, and what faith is. So I'm going to read Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So, right away as we see this interesting, unique um, tension between faith being two things. Faith being confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. And I think that this lines up with a passage that we just read in, in James, where it's saying that if you, you need two aspects, you need a belief aspect and an action aspect. If all you do is believe and have no action, that is not true faith. And if all you have is faith, or, or if all you have is action without believing, that is not true faith. You have to have both. And this Romans passage just clearly shows that with this idea of confession with your mouth. It's not just that it's an inward intellectual thought that I'm going to um, believe, but it's an actual walking out and expressing that belief. 
so that's what I'm saying is, is, is faith. Faith is unique in that it's two things. It's belief and action. And the Bible uses this word belief and faith a lot of times interchangeable. Uh, or interchangeably. So it's different all the time what they're, when they say it, what they mean by it. Um, so hear me when I say that, that faith, um, you are saved by faith and not by works. Uh, but that faith involves works completely. That, if you, that faith involves a belief, a thinking, and an action. So you can't separate the two. Uh, and that is, that is faith. So um, let's, let's keep digging into this. I want to talk a little more about how we, we can separate faith and action. I, or actually, let's start first talking about how uh, this works with a really good illustration. Uh, you've probably heard this before, maybe many times, but if you haven't, this is an awesome way to demonstrate faith and to talk about uh, these two different ways of faith. And that's with the simple chair, right? You've probably heard that. I sat down on this chair, I had faith that it was going to hold me. I had faith and I acted on that faith by sitting down on the chair. That's a, that is the definition of faith. I see this chair, I believe I can sit in it and that it will hold me. And then I go and, and act on that belief, I sit in it, and it has held me so far and hopefully continues to hold me uh, as it is a great chair. I love this chair. So <laughs> the, the Jewish people here wouldn't even understand our understanding of faith. A lot of times we separate our faith. We separate it into two different areas where we have our secular life and our sacred life, our, our re religious life, our righteous life, and then our fun life, our worldly life. The Jewish people wouldn't even understood this. To them, for, for their religion, it was fully who they were. It was all-encompassing of who they were, what they did, how they acted, how they thought. It was, it was all on their religion. As a Jewish person, you acted and believed, and, and then therefore your week looked unique because of that belief. Um, so we're going to talk about these two different things, these, these beliefs and actions. So first up, uh, the first point I want to say is that we are not saved by our belief. We are not saved by our belief. If you've just prayed a prayer and think you're saved, I'm scared for you. You're not just saved by simply praying a prayer, by asking God into your heart. You're not just saved by an intellectual belief. Let's go to our passage again, James. James, um, James 2, 14, and then we'll also look at 14 and 17. James 2, 14, what good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? And 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. This passage explains this um, over and over, that if all you do is believe, and there's no action, your faith, your belief is dead. You do not have faith. You cannot believe you're a Christian and then live the rest of your life however you want to. You cannot believe and be a Christian without believing and following what his word tells you to do, what his word says of himself that he died and rose again. If you don't believe that, not just in your heart, if you don't believe that fully, and that if that doesn't move you into action, you do not have faith. 
Faith involves all of you. And we separate it all the time. We're so good at separating sacred and secular in our lives. It's something that we're so good at and we often don't even catch ourselves doing it. I'm, I do this all the time and I have to stop and re revisit this. What, why am I separating myself into two things? Like putting on two masks. Your Christian church mask, your work mask. You know, you go to work, do live this way, talk this way. You're, you cannot do that. That is um, hypocrisy. You need faith by belief and action. So you cannot be saved by just your belief. But at the same time, you cannot be saved by your action. So let's, to illustrate this, let's go to another passage, a great one. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. I'm sure a lot of you have this memorized, 8 to 10 actually. Um, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared for us to do. Did you catch the two things again? It is by grace you're saved through faith. So faith, it's not by works. It even explicitly says you don't earn your salvation by your action. However, God has created you to do good works. And he's prepared, prepared them for you. So we are created to do good works. We are but... But we are not saved by our good works. Uh, we are not saved by being a good person. I think a lot of people have that attitude of, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've been pretty good. I've given money to the poor. Uh, I tithed maybe 10% to the church. Maybe you don't even tithe that, but you think that's enough. You think that's good enough to just do a little of this, a little of that. Uh, to follow these laws, follow these rules and regulations, and because you've done this, because you've followed what Scripture says in your action, that you're now saved. And that some of your other actions don't disqualify you from that. As long as you've done enough good, you're going to be saved. And, I, and that's not what this passage is telling you. This passage is telling you that, no, it's, it's not through reactions, it's through faith in the grace of God. Through faith in the, the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross and the resurrection. It's an amazing thing, but that is what um, separates believers, uh, by that I mean Christians, what separates Christians from non-Christians are those who have faith, who believe and act. And there are many, I don't know what they're, wishy-washy Christians who think they can get away with just having one, having a little action or having a little faith, having a bunch of action, maybe, and a bunch of faith, one of the two, they just see them as separate, as, oh, I just need to, as long as I'm doing enough. And that's not the case. You are not saved by your works. In fact, um, look at how Jesus talks to the Pharisees. He is so mean to them. He, is, he says this in Matthew, not mean, but he, he just uh, calls them out. And then the Pharisees, they are like the best of the best. They are like the best pastors of today. It's as if Jesus is calling out like the MacArthur's, the Piper's, the Chandler's, uh, the Chan's, whatever it is. It's as if God is calling out those people. As if God is telling, you know, Piper and MacArthur, hey, you're not good enough. And that's what he does in Matthew 5.20 to the Pharisees. He says, for I tell you, 
Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And in Luke 20, uh, verse 47, these men will be punished most severely, referring again to these scribes and Pharisees. God is so um, uh, to the point with them. And he's just like, listen, you have done the right things, Pharisees. You, you know the scriptures cover to cover. You are following all the rules and regulations, but you have no faith. You have no heart, no belief. You're just doing actions. And if you want more, look at Matthew 23. I'll leave that on your own, but Matthew 23, Jesus just goes to town on the Pharisees. And that is, is, is a, should really make us stop and, and, and be a little afraid because we see the Pharisees as being these you know, bad people and all look at them, yeah, of course they were bad. But no, the Pharisees were the pastors of the day. They were the best of the best spiritually. And yet they were the ones who Jesus is like, no, you are not enough. Your faith is not enough because you have no faith. You just have actions. You just have head knowledge, no heart. So we can let our knowledge of, of right and wrong become our faith. And we cannot, uh, we, and when, when we do this, we need to stop, recognize it, and, and pray to God for forgiveness and for a life change. Because it is not how we are made to live. That is not true faith. We can have action without heart. We can have heart without action. But we need both action and heart in order to be saved. That is true faith, where our heart and our actions are in sync, are in line. And yes, we're going to mess up many, many times. We're going to fall short more times than we can ever imagine. But that is what we are called to do. We are called to have a heart, on G a heart that loves Jesus and a body that follows what Jesus has called us to heart and body, mind and soul kind of idea. Okay, so uh, in James, the passage of James, one more thing it brings up is it talks about Abraham and gives the example of Abraham. And it says in, in verse 21, Was not your ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. He had faith before, as we know, because uh, it goes on to say, and scripture was fulfilled, that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. This happened before, in, in Genesis 15, before um, he goes to sacrifice Isaac in, in Genesis 22. So we know it's, this is not saying that he was justified by his action he was justified by faith and we see that his true faith uh, is shown through the way in which he uh, followed God's command that's where we see the true genuine faith that he had it's with belief and action we cannot cannot separate those two things and I think what we do often ourselves is we just start straying a little bit to one side uh, i'm not sure what side you're straying to right now but chances are you're probably straying to one side maybe you're becoming legalistic you're struggling with just rules oriented relationship and faith everything you do is is about a rule set in stone that you must follow and if not then god will hate you 
Or maybe you're just thinking, oh, I'm okay. It doesn't matter how I live because I've prayed a prayer. I'm good. Or I, I've, I've done enough good things in my life, so I'm good. I don't know where you've swung or where you're swinging or, or which way you're creeping towards. But this passage in James is reminding us we need both and. We need both belief and action in order to have faith, belief and good works in order to have true faith in Jesus. And that is what I believe God is calling us today to have. In the midst of this coronavirus, um, we need to have a faith that is in line, uh, that has, has belief and action together. That we, are, we believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is in control. And that through that, we have peace in the midst of the fear of getting sick and potentially dying. We need to have this kind of faith that believes and acts together. And yes, there will be times where we will struggle so hard to be able to put that foot out and keep taking steps of faith. But we need to keep taking those steps. Because the moment we stop and say, I'm okay, I'm okay just with my, I've prayed a prayer, I'm okay where I'm at. That is a very scary moment that we can be led astray and become the Pharisees. Or be led astray and become people who don't even know God. And that is an etern there, there's eternal consequences for that choice. As, as Rhett and Link uh, will hopefully uh, realize through these next few years, days, months, whatever it is, that that they desperately need Jesus. And yes, they've, they've apparently given up on, on Jesus right now. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're lost to see and there's no chance for them, no hope for them. And that doesn't mean if, if you're right now sitting at home thinking, man, I don't really know where my faith is at. Or if you're watching the video, uh, Rhett and Link's Spiritual Deconstruction, and you're thinking, man, this is me. This is where we need to talk about it as the family uh, the church, we need to be talking to each other about our struggles and about uh, where we are at and what, where we want to go. And so today, that's my encouragement for you is, is where are you at? Are you struggling with your action or are you struggling with your belief? Because um, you need both. And if you're struggling with one, just really go into that. Pray into that. Uh, ask for Jesus' gracious transformation in your life over that. Um, and so as we, as we close, I'm, I'm going to pray a, a blessing over us um, to close. And I want to just finish with these words. This amazing, this amazing promise from 1 Thessalonians. It says this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Even the one we're going through right now. Give thanks for all circumstances. Even if you're sitting at home and you haven't left home in weeks, Give thanks, because God is so good. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything, hold on to the good, and avoid every kind of evil. And this is the blessing I want to leave on, on all of us today. Is may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you and me through and through May our whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And note this, the one who calls you, the Lord Jesus, 
is faithful and he will do it. He will sanctify us through and through and make us holy. So let's bow in prayer as we close and remember, it's not about action or belief, it's about both together. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, I thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for, for our sins. Lord, I thank you that it is by grace we are saved. It has nothing to do with ourselves. And so, Lord God, I ask that you transform our hearts, our minds, our souls to be in likeness of Christ. Lord, that we believe fully, firmly in your Son's death and resurrection, that we believe fully and firmly enough that we will take steps of faith, that our actions will show our faith, that, Lord, when everyone who sees us will say, that is a Christian, Lord, that there is enough evidence that we will be convicted of our Christianity. That our lives will show it so much that no one can say we are not Christians. Lord, I pray that you will bless all of us in this week to come. And Lord, if we are shut in our houses, if we are struggling with the lack of, of people and with isolation, Lord God, with the, the lack of community, I pray that you will encourage us in a way that no one else can, that your spirit of joy and peace will come upon all of us, and that the, the gift of fellowship that we have in you, the fellowship we have in the Trinity, will be made new in us, and that we'll understand that in a new way this week. And so, Lord, I pray that our minds and our actions will be in sync, and that we will follow you with all of our beings. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us and have uh, an amazing week. We'll see you next week uh, in whatever way that that, that, that happens. Uh, blessings.